Financial support for this podcast comes from Bo's Restaurant, located at 2304 Thomas Drive in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Bo's is open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and offers some of the best food in the Florida Panhandle. For takeout orders and more information, give them a call at 850-775-1828. Also, from our friends at KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC, the next time you are in need of an HVAC repair, please consider giving them your business. Christian owned and operated an above and beyond service any time of the day. Call them anytime at 850-238-5414. There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride On Sports Podcast. I am Kyle Wright, here with Marcus Weisner. What's going on, everybody? And Nick Gurley. Hey, how's everybody doing? All right, we have a great show in store for you guys today. The Super Bowl parade has officially started in Tampa Bay. Now, we have a lot to get into, and that that's going to be probably our hottest topic today. Um, very, very uh, big news. For the Tampa City or for the city of Tampa, they get to host WrestleMania and the Super Bowl this year. Uh, their home team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will be in the Super Bowl officially against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are up 38 to 24 right now with two minutes left. Uh, we are just kind of prematurely recording this. I'm sure this game will be official sometime while we're recording, but unless something crazy happens, uh, which we don't foresee happening because Kansas City is. Uh, on the Buffalo 13-yard line with two minutes left in the game. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So it's going to be Mahomes versus Brady in the Super Bowl, and we're going to be giving our takes today on both of the conference championship games, Kansas City, uh, Buffalo, and, of course, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. But before we get there, we just want to make sure you guys know that we are still, I say we, because team effort, I'm a failure, so everybody else here is a failure. Uh, (laughs) Bo's info, still not updated, my bad. I've uh, been working a lot recently. Also, uh, golfing today, as you as you probably saw. Yeah, how'd you do? Today, like to get out of the house every now and again. Oh, um. Anyway, let's let's continue. <laughs> let's not talk about golf. <laughs> <laughs> I um. You were there I for the beer. So bad today. Uh, yeah. Actually, I had four beers the whole round, and I got so disgusted with the way I was playing that I couldn't even drink. Ooh. Oh man, that's not Ooh. good, dude. Yeah, I um I, I took my wife with me and my brother-in-law and my sister. Okay. And uh it was just me and my brother-in-law golf and they were just riding with us hanging out. <clears throat> and uh completely made an ass of myself in front of my wife. <laughs> just com- completely just shanking the ball all over the place. Um got to the 15th hole. Obviously uh four of these to that or four of three of the holes to that point have uh have been non-par fours, which means I've come off the tee 12 times on a par four. And uh, I had I didn't hit a good drive a single time. Not Man. once. I'm, mm. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm slicing them, I'm hooking them, I'm topping them about 28 yards. And this is something that I'm not good at. Like I I'm that's the one thing that I've always been good at. I've always been able to hit the ball about 280, 290, pretty much straight down the middle. My question is, not, not how many divots okay. did you have to replace? 
Oh, uh, th- this is not on the th- not on the T, like <laughs> zero on the T, zero on the T. Yeah. So, uh, fifteenth hole, I come up and I'm like, all right, this is the one, man. I'm like mad to this point, and I'm coming off a par five where I I shot a ten the hole before this. Oh, I got boy. a ten on a par five. Not very good. Not very good. Um, hmm. so I come up fifteenth T. And I'm like, all right, this is the one, man. And I'm sweating. I'm frustrated. I come up, and I knock the piss out of this ball. Okay. I hit this thing 300 yards. 100 yards straight, 200 yards to the right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm telling you, I snapped my driver over my knee. Wow. I'll tell you what, though, if you use that same mechanic in softball, you're going to be playing D-ball no, in no time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not not a great day on the golf course for me today. Oh, that's but uh, anyway, back to Bose. Quit talking about my golf game. 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. over there at Bose Restaurant on uh, Thomas Drive here in Panama City. Uh, no more breakfast, but still the best meat and sides that you can get in this uh, in this little city. Get out there and get you some Bose today. Marcus, how can everybody find us on social media? You can find us on social media on our three platforms. Facebook, which majority of you, or most of you actually, I should say, are uh, following us uh, right on podcast. Uh, and then uh, on Instagram and Twitter, right on sports. So just make sure you're following us on all the platforms because, you know, we're trying to expand and that's pretty much it. We are growing. The, we uh, are. That most, our most recent episode was our second most listened to episode. On premiere day, so nice, very nice, good stuff, good stuff. All right, so uh, obviously, our very first episode was our most listened to, so and that was the interview with Carlos Williams, who had a lot to say. By the way, I don't know if you guys were tracking my Facebook post there, but uh, actually got in on the comments and kind of ran my name, <laughs> ran me through the mud a little bit. Hmm. But well. We'll get to why here in a few minutes. So let's get into the conference championship games. Uh, first of all, the AFC championship game, which is still happening, by the way. But uh, the Chiefs are holding the 38-24 to 24 lead right now uh, with a minute 19 left. Uh, they're kneeling. So the game's over. 38-24 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Marcus, I'll throw it to you, for, duh, throw it to you first. Give me some of your takeaways from this game. Well, I have to say... Um... Sorry, yeah. it's official. It's final. It's it's official. So it's over. Uh, well, I have to say, Buffalo's offense didn't look they didn't look terrible, but you can tell that their uh, their hot rhythm tempo definitely looked a little disrupted a little bit. Um, Buffalo's defense was not good at all. I don't know if it's because they just look bad or if Kansas City's offense is just that good. Uh, Probably both. Yeah, it might be a little bit of both, but you know, Pat, even Patrick Mahomes, with you know, he may or may not still have a concussion, or he may have technically not cleared concussion protocol. But <laughs> um, either way, that offense just looked really good. Travis Kelsey is—I mean, you have in tight end tiers. It's Travis Kelsey, and then everybody is like way below him. Uh, it's unbelievable how well this man plays. Um, the running game looked a little better for for uh, Kansas City. Obviously, that's not going to be a focal point against Tampa in the Super Bowl because Tampa's got the number one rushing defense. They're gonna don't be surprised if Mahomes shatters the record for most passing yards in a Super Bowl in history. Honestly, uh, this is, these two had a matchup. 
and where Tyreek Hill had almost 300 yards in the first half. <laughs> so, yeah, it could happen. Um, Kansas City looks really good. This could be a great matchup. But overall, um, you got to give props to Buffalo and Josh Allen. They look very, you know, great season overall. That team's going to be a, a a contender for years to come as long as that, you know, that core sticks together. Nick? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs look great offense just i mean you can't say anything bad about it uh patrick mahomes about as crisp as it gets and the one that i i hated to see that the bills just abandoned the run i know they were behind but they were behind from the get-go and they just abandoned it i mean they only ran 11 times outside of josh allen and most of his were yeah, scrambles they weren't called runs you know right that's not um, great right and you know stefan diggs didn't look great he kind of came out there at the end and caught a nice 34-yard pass. But, I mean, he was missing balls that he had made all all year long. Um, you know, so it, it just – overall, the Bills look like they're going to be a team to, to be reckoned with, you know, in the over the next few years. But um, Kansas City just is stout. I mean, Travis Kelsey, I mean, I'm not sure. Between him and George Kittle, it's – it's amazing what these tight ends are coming into the league doing, um, you know, but, you know, I, at the very beginning, I, I was thinking that Hardman was going to, to put him, put him away a little bit with that fumble on that punt. Uh, yeah, that was wild. And then he came out and had a great game, actually. I mean, he came out, already scored a touchdown and had a 50 yard run. So, you know, great game, great game. I mean, no surprises really, even though I called for, uh, for Buffalo to win, but that was, Mainly because I wasn't sure about the Patrick Mahomes stuff. So, but hey, Kansas City looked great. This can be a great Super Bowl. Yeah, I uh, I gotta agree all around. Pretty much, um, got a couple different takes here. Number one, there's just there's just no way to stop Kansas City, man. the The only thing you can do, the only thing you can do, and it's not to stop them. You have to once you get into Kansas City territory you have to go one of two ways. You have to accept that you're either going to get blown out or you have to score with them. And what I mean by that is once you get into Kansas City territory, it's all four down territory. Like you got to go touchdown or bust. Kicking a field goal is not going to do it. It's just not. It, it, there's three points against Kansas City is nothing. They've they've kicked like, I, I don't know. They, they kicked almost an NFL record low uh, field goals this year which is un, unheard of, right? Because they actually have a pretty damn good kicker there. And, uh, oh, man, I can't think of his name. Is it? Butker. <sighs> yeah, Harrison Butker. Um, but, I mean, I, you, right when you think that the superstar coming out, he's got his head out of Patrick Mahomes. He comes out and has, oh, excuse me, 325 yards, three touchdowns and no picks. Dinner's kind of. Thinner's kind of firing back on me, guys. You'll have to excuse that. Um, Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 172 yards. Travis Kelsey, 13 for 118 and two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL, and he's a tight end. Um, there's just no way to stop these guys. Um, I did think Buffalo had a chance early. I thought that they really got a, like Nick said, they really got away from their game plan. Um, I think they got up 10 to nothing. Yes, and it was like they were like, "All right, it's over." It's the same way it, when they it when was. It was Kansas, weird. It's like how last year when Kansas City played Houston, Houston was up was a twenty four to nothing, and then Kansas City's like, "Okay, 
I guess we'll play now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just, I mean, no lead is safe, man. I mean, th- this is like the third or fourth time this year that somebody's blown a lead. Miami had a 10-point lead over him at one point. Uh, there's just... There's just nothing you can do, man. This is definitely definitely going to be one of the more entertaining Super Bowls that we've ever seen. Uh, Brady versus Mahomes. I'm really, really excited. All right. So enough about the AFC. Because that one was the... Uh, that one was, in a way, with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, that one was the, uh, was the gimme, if you will. I don't... I mean, in my opinion, at least. I know you guys both picked Buffalo and you were both wrong. But... Yeah, we'll go to that's okay. We'll, when we discuss this next one, you you can admit you were wrong too. No, I mean, yeah, I was absolutely. wrong on both. I was yeah, wrong yeah. on both. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Nick lost <laughs> everything. So I'll take I was right with both of the overs. Here. Okay, I was right with both of the overs. Yeah, that does. You know, who cares about picking the over? You lost. You pick. You pick Green Bay, and I was the only one who picked pick Tampa. You guys looked at me like I was stupid. So I told you I was pick- coming here. To be the voice of reason. No, no, no. I didn't tell yeah. you what reason it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it was obviously the wrong when we, reason. When we did the Tampa versus Green Bay pick, I said Tampa was going to roll into Lambeau and they're going to beat them and they're going to stroll onto the Super Bowl. And oh, you're God. like, because I picked Tampa in the under, you know, and I, like I told you we're texting. I said, there's, you know, I was like, freaking A, man. We had, I had the under until two minutes left in the game. <laughs> is it is it worse that, oh, obviously, you couldn't do math, by the way, because the over under was 51 and the field goal only put it up by more so it was no it was the the over the over under was 51 and a half so i had yeah the, i had the, the total was 51 so i had the point five to, to, to give me <laughs> no they the, but the field goal gave him 57 no 57 minus three is still 54 marcus no it, the score was 28 <laughs> to 23 at the time no, it wasn't Okay, you know what, man? Just because I'm a finance major, I don't use it for everything. All right, so <laughs> all right. I, no, I okay, so who's there? All right, so I we picked it wrong, but you picked the under on Brady versus Rogers. Well, I mean, they both didn't. Play, they both played good, but they didn't play great. You know what I mean? I didn't think either one of them played great. I thought that. Uh, I mean, I think Brady did really well early. Uh, we're gonna get there. All right, so let's get into it here. Uh, obviously. Whew, what a game just full full of emotion full of drama full of uh full of storylines and it, it really played into exactly what we thought it was going to what a i mean really a fantastic game uh looked like tampa bay was about to pull away and then obviously here comes freaking rogers the rogers magic he, he's starting to pull it out of his ass and then uh obviously that stopped a little early but um so tampa bay ends up winning by uh by a final score of blank to blank because my app uh, thirty one to twenty six was the final. So I who do I want to throw it to first out of YouTube because my take is gonna take the longest. Let's go to Nick. Yeah, give it to Nick. <laughs> yeah, you know I I watched most of this game except for the third quarter. I had to go and do some stuff uh, during the third quarter, but you know um, it when you limit the best the best wide receiver out there. I mean, he had nine catches, so they forced him the ball. I mean, he had 15 targets, uh, Devontae Adams, that is. He only had 67 yards and a touchdown. I mean, obviously, him and Rodgers were on, I mean, pages way far apart. Uh, they, they weren't linking up hardly at all. Um, you know, the with the the refs, you know, one thing I, I did see is they let them play. I mean, they, they let the boys play, and – 
that also means that the that there was a lot of calls missed. So, you know, but it just depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to let them play, let them play. But it was a very interesting game. The Ooh, I Bucks, can't wait. Yeah. The, the Bucks uh, defense never let Rodgers get comfortable. I mean, they sacked him five times. Uh, and you're right. Rodgers did have a lot of magic in there. But, you know, Tom Brady throws three, three picks and seven passes. Thinking, oh, shit, here we go again. And, right. And then, you know, they, they just cut it out. So, you know, it, it was an interesting game, but, uh, you know, it, you could definitely tell there's a lot of distrust in, in Rodgers and uh, LaFleur, though. Oh, mm. yeah. That's dude. a totally Man, another storyline there. Wow. Yeah, that, that'll probably be a good uh, a good little segment for next week's episode. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off of, uh, you know, with the, the Brady picks. Um, if I'm not mistaken, those three interceptions, Green Bay got zero points out of that, didn't they? Three. They got three. Okay, so three and every all of the Green Bay turnovers, Tampa scored every single one of them. Yeah. That that's that's the difference maker right there. The absolute difference maker. Um, right, keep going, Nick. <clears throat> oh, were, were you done, Nick? No, yeah, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marcus. Um Tom Tom looked like Tom, obviously, except those three interceptions, but you gotta think. One of those is because they uh, they didn't they didn't, they blitzed and the and Fournette read, didn't read that at all, so he he basically just heaved it up because it was third down anyway. So it was kind of like well, never really been his strong point. Fournette picking up blitz. Yeah, so he yeah. was kind of like okay, I'm gonna throw it to you know six five Mike Evans, and then he didn't even he didn't read it right, so they picked it off. It was basically a punt, and then the set, and then obviously another one was Mike Evans a hit off his fingers, and then the. But it was like the first one. I can't remember what happened with that, but I'm pretty sure that was Brady's fault. Um, but overall, you got to give credit to Brady being 43 and still doing his thing out there in his 10th Super Bowl appearance. It's just kind of like the, you call it the goat effect. You know, LeBron goes to the Lakers and he turns out he's going. He, he's going to win. He won a championship with LA. Now Brady goes, you know, to uh, Tampa in his first year is able to get the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so the fact that. Aaron Rodgers only been in the NFC Championship once. Drew Brees only been in the NFC Championship once, and Dallas hasn't been there since '96. So, I mean, it is what it is at that point. But uh, or this is actually a second Rodgers' second time, technically. I think it's his yeah. third, right? I thought it was his third. What NFC Championship yeah. game appearance? Third, yeah, yeah, third. third. No, okay. fourth. I'm sorry, fourth, because he's one in four now, or or one in three now. Okay. All right. Well, obviously, I don't. I don't check my stats. I'm the stat guy, so I should be fired. But um, the one of the biggest takeaways, and I'm sure you're going to hit on this, Kyle, is uh, why the hell did they call, kick a field goal with four yeah. fourth down? Uh, you're mm. telling me that you're that the that who's probably going to be the the NFL regular season MVP and Aaron Rodgers. You're telling me you don't throw the ball or have a game plan with Devontae Adams because it wasn't like Adams was getting like checked the whole game. He was. He was putting work on these DBs, and those two just weren't connecting today. He was putting work on them, and I think Kyle and I, I'm pre- Nick, I'm pretty sure you agree that Devontae Adams is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey might be the best receiver in the NFL, but wide receiver is Devontae Adams. And yeah, I think he's they, taking the crown from DeAndre Hopkins as a yeah. Right it just it the, the, the I don't know what was going on. There was a couple mi- there's miscommunications. Uh, there was one I was just pulling up. It was about um, it was five about five minutes left in the uh, second quarter, and he runs a little a uh, quick out 
I mean, he got him. It was easy, and Aaron Rodgers underthrew him. He he tried to reach for it and hit the ground. I mean, that's yeah. six points, and it's like four yards away from the goal from the goal line. You have to make those plays. And for that moment, if you kick a field goal, you're still down. They didn't go for an onside kick. You go for that because if you if you get it, good. If you don't, a kicking a field goal, what does that do? What does it do? You you give right. the ball to probably the most, as far as knowing the possession, knowing the clock guru of the NFL and Tom Brady. Probably the oh. second the second most dangerous quarterback to give the ball to in that situation outside of maybe yourself. Like it, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I mean, it, I would want Rodgers first, and then I would want Brady. Exactly. So it's like I don't understand what that is, and there's a lot of takeaways from that. Um, you know, I I love this game. This was a phenomenal game. Um, Fournette got the ball, got the action early. Um, he's looking great. And one thing to point with this Super Bowl too is we're having two of the. Two head coaches who have the biggest set of stones in the NFL, yeah. Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. I mean, you want to talk about guys who literally, if you put their face on like Stan Marsh when he was carrying out the wheelbarrow with his like with his cancer, you know which one I'm talking about. I'm I know you, I know you know which episode. Yeah, oh yeah, about. yeah. Buffalo that, Soldier. Yeah, that's literally Andy Reid and Bruce Arians because they made some calls and it's just like wow, like. There's probably 20 coaches who wouldn't even think about doing that. And those two are just like, yep, we're going to do it. Um, I mean, especially the stones on Andy Reid to wear that face mask, that face guard thing. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if, I'm telling you right now, in that fourth down situation that, that Green Bay was given, you ask Andy Reid or Bruce Arians, and they would have went for a fourth down. No hesitation, no questions asked. And if it was an incomplete, they'd have been like, you know what? This is the best chance we had to win. And we would have been okay. We were if it was incomplete, we could say we tried. Kicking that field goal, it didn't work. Okay, good. You got three points, but you're still down by five. Now what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh great game overall, fantastic game. Uh the Green Bay drama in the offseason is gonna be phenomenal. I can't wait for oh, that. Yeah. I cannot wait. Um Matt LaFleur should be ashamed of himself, should be embarrassed for how he made this play call. And uh yeah, go Bucks. They deserved it. All right. So, uh, first of all, there is no debate. Devontae Adams is the uh, is the best wide receiver in the NFL, uh, especially this year. I mean, there's there's just no more debate. Um, Mike Evans went all went all crazy in the preseason, crying about like I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, and he almost single handedly cost the Buccaneers the game tonight uh, with two big drops, one of them resulting in an interception. Um, but we'll just get away from that. And then, of course, the no effort there on the other interception where he could have turned around and at least tried to play defense. All right, so now that we're past that first part, I want to start by saying uh, Tom Brady, obviously incredible, but he was not the reason they won tonight. That defense stepped up in a very, very big way, uh, especially Whitehead there in the in the secondary, knowing uh, – Knowing what Antoine Winfield out, he was going to have to step up and lay in just big, just big hits. Uh, he got Aaron Jones to fumble, and that's not a thing that happens very he often. He was laying straight wood out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously it ended up ended up getting him hurt and may have cost him the Super Bowl, but well, cost him the Super Bowl, I should say. Like he might not be able to play. We'll see what comes out of that. But I mean, laying wood for sure. I mean, putting dudes on their arse. Um. I think that this loss mostly falls on the back of uh, Mike LaFleur 
I, I don't understand why. I don't get the logic. You got one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He wants a touchdown. I mean, it's touchdown or bust right there. And in and, and anybody's eyes. I mean, on Madden, if you do ask coach or whatever, like, like which is pretty much what I do, I go for the suggestions. They're going to tell you to you, – you, I mean, you got like three minutes left here, man. You, you, have to, you have to go for a touchdown because you're not giving yourself it's, – it's, like, um, it's not like if you kick a field goal, you're going to uh, bring it to a field goal game or anything like that. Like you're only drawing it to a five-point game, so you still need the touchdown to get back into this thing. Whew. So obviously, absolutely awful, awful, awful decision. Right there to kick that field goal on third down. Um, another thing here, Aaron Jones, right, led the NFL last year in touchdowns. Am I, if I'm not mistaken, is that right, Marcus? You're a stats guy. Uh, he led the league in touchdowns. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, that was Alvin Kamara. Last year, I'm saying. Last oh, last year? year? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, he did. So last year, he starts the season. Or he uh, he finishes the season leading it in touchdowns, and he's having another great year this year. And Jamal Williams starts the game at running back. So from the very first series, Mike Lafleur lost me right there. I don't understand that at all. I don't get it. And then just the play calling down the stretch was absolutely abysmal. Now I want to jump on Aaron Rodgers for a second, mm. kind of just like Brett Favre, a la Brett Favre here, right? <laughs> Brett Favre cost himself a championship, uh, cost the Jets, or no, I think it was with the Vikings, I'm sorry, cost the Vikings a Super Bowl appearance when he did not run the ball and instead he threw the ball. Third and goal, Aaron Rodgers has himself a pretty clear path to the end zone. It would have taken some work, but I mean, if you got the kahunas that you've been acting like you've got like the last couple of weeks talking about, mm -hmm. I am the MVP, blah, 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 blah. That's an MVP play right there, bro. I think uh, even, if, even if he didn't get into the end zone, at least maybe like three a three yard game would have probably changed what they decided yeah. to do after. Yeah, I mean, you got fourth and goal from like the two or three yard line. Absolutely. Yeah, all it takes is like maybe an undisciplined play when he slides and he gets hit. And boom, your first and goal at the one. You know what I mean? Like you got to take a chance. I think we lost Nick. By the way, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on with him. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you. It's just your okay. Camera's okay, so we can okay. still hear you. Your camera's frozen. Okay. All right. So anyway, going off of that, so let's get to the the big the big meat and potatoes here. All right, <laughs> <laughs> the big big meat and potatoes. Obviously, the call there at the end. Um, the the question is not if it's a good call. It's a good call. Obviously, it's a good call. It's pass interference. I, I actually think it's holding, but it doesn't matter. It's an automatic first down regardless. It's not pass interference, bro. Oh wait, yes, it's pass interference. I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> it's, hold on, it's, I'm about to say. Yes, yeah. it, uh, it's pass interference. Yes, it's pass. No, it's absolutely pass interference. It's 100 yeah. pass interference, and it's a good call. However, I don't like that flag being thrown. The whole game, I'm talking to you guys in a group chat. I'm talking to my other group chat. I'm looking on Facebook. They're letting them play. They're letting them play. I've got Troy Aikman and Joe Buck ringing over and over again in my freaking ear. They're letting them play tonight. They're letting them play tonight. And then on the biggest play of the game, we decide to stop letting them play. Um, by the way, what I think is pretty much an uncatchable ball from almost every single angle. Um, <laughs> I, I Horrible. Absolutely horrible. You can't throw that flag there. If you're going to throw that flag there, you have to be half. consistent. 
You have to be consistent, man. I was you about to say, it looked like he was pulling a training sled behind him. I mean, he oh, was pulling the jersey so hard. The, the ball yeah. was like 14 feet over his head, and this isn't Chris Godwin we're talking about. This is Tyler Johnson, who had like two catches the whole game. I I, I just don't um I don't like the timing of the call. I feel like it's a little convenient right there. That's called, uh, you know, that's called the goat effect. Okay, like let's just move well, on. With of that. course, <laughs> of course. I mean, but and, and you know, like I said to our boys there in that uh, other group chat, it, that's the plus, like the biggest plus side, I guess, of getting Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. Like you don't only get the the goat, you also get the the black and white guys coming down there with you. You also get the zebra stripes coming to Tampa, which is like probably one of the biggest things you can get. But you got to be consistent with those calls. If you're not going to call it the whole game, you can't call it there. I mean, and obviously, it, you look at the other angle. Um, there was like two uh, two defensive linemen clearly being held, and they didn't throw those flags. Why didn't they throw those flags? Oh, because they're letting them play. I think the, I, I think the PI call the flag for that was really late. Like oh I'm yeah, also was. that, also uh, that. That's what makes that more suspicious. The, the flag came out like an hour after the play. They like they looked around. All of a sudden, you saw someone. It looked like they threw a flag from the stands. Like, huh! and they just. I, mean, threw it was it. Like, <laughs> I was like, there it is. <laughs> it was like, it was like the referees were using them Dominion servers. They were just, it was just you know. They they were finding they were finding the penalty flags late. They just came in overnight. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he just kept dropping it. You know how like when you drop your phone and you try to pick it up and you just keep dropping the damn thing like three <laughs> yeah. times. Maybe that's what it was. Couldn't pull it out of his pocket. I don't yeah. know what the hell Maybe happened like, there. They tried to throw it like on the camera, like where the camera was panned into it, but they kept like it kept just dropping. Like you know you toss a paper <laughs> airplane, it just goes dud, and they're just like, wait a minute, and they just heaved it as far as he could and then finally landed it's like oh there it is <laughs> i i don't know i mean i didn't i didn't like the call i mean like i said i obviously it was pass interference there's no question about it but i mean come on man if you you got to be consistent you absolutely have to be consistent it was kind of like um and and this is actually this is how you know i'm pretty unbiased about this kind of thing um florida state a couple years ago uh they beat notre dame at the very end of the game um Notre Dame ran a pick play to score a touchdown and they brought it back for offensive interference and Florida state would ultimately win the game. And I'm sure you guys know exactly what game I'm talking about. It was uh, Everett Golson. Um, and I was actually like, of course it worked out. Florida state won the game and it was offensive pass interference. Like it was absolutely an illegal screen, but Notre Dame scored three times before that on the exact same play. And I was like, you, you gotta be consistent with it. If you're, if you're not going to call it, Damn it now, and it's it's just uh, it's just bad, man. You got to be consistent with your officiating. If you're gonna let them play four quarters, you got to let them play four quarters. Let the players decide the game, not the officials. That's just uh, that's just bad football. I think it's a black eye for the league in a way. Oh, okay. Well, so is that about is that all? About eight minutes of the you know talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else. Obviously, the I mean. Tom Brady's the undisputed goat, not only of football but of every single sport. I can go into that if you'd like. That's a we can we could have a whole other episode of that because I'm gonna tell you right now that's that's not true, hundred percent. Well, I teased it. I teased it on my Facebook. So, 
Oh, we're going for the goat of goats, huh? We're going to go for the goat of goats. I I obviously think Tom Brady is the goat of goats. So we're just going to say like FU to Michael Phelps or Ronaldo or you know anybody who like first of all, first of all, Ronaldo. Like twenty people in America watch soccer. Um, (laughs) Secondly, Phelps, Tom Brady didn't need drugs. Phelps did. Um, So Uh... let's keep going. So here, and, and like, listen, obviously, um, obviously I'm trolling in a big way with this, but um, it's just something that I've noticed with Tom Brady, and you actually sent it to our group chat, and so I went back and did some research. The Patriots dynasty really started in, what, like 2002? Yep. So you look what Tom Brady, okay, so Tom Brady goes to Tampa. He signs with Tampa this past uh, this past March, March or April. I don't remember. I actually think, yeah, yeah I think it, it was, was March. Right I think when it was bef- started. It was beforehand because it was before I I started teleworking full time from home. Uh, so it was like, or it might have been, yeah, it might have been around that time, February, March, something like that. I'm not sure to be honest. I think it was right. Yeah. It was like right after. It was right after COVID began. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's because it was he couldn't he couldn't even sign his contract in person. Yeah. So, sure. Tom Brady goes to Tampa. And the the thing that Tom Brady does is he brings a winning culture not only to the Buccaneers because they're in their first Super Bowl appearance since 2002, right? Which is when the Patriots dynasty really kind of began. Yep. Um. So they're in their first Super Bowl appearance in that long seven and nine team. Now they're in the Super Bowl, which, by the way, we have the best two teams in the NFL. Nick, you brought that up in our group chat. I got another take for that at another time. College football. This is why you expand your playoff. I mean, okay. fourteen teams there. And you got your best two teams. I mean, the hottest team in the NFL right now, Tampa Bay, was a five seed. In a college football playoff scenario, they're not even in the playoff. So there's your argument. Um, Anyway, so Tom Brady, since he's been down there, has brought a winning culture to the city of Tampa. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays get to the World Series. Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup. And now, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting into the uh, Super Bowl. Look at what he did in Boston. Obviously, the Patriots winning six Super Bowls while he was there, getting to nine, getting to nine Super Bowls while he was there. The Boston Bruins won their Stanley Cup in 2011, appeared in three total Stanley Cups. The Boston Celtics won a NBA title, their first one in a very long time in 2008. They appeared twice, obviously losing to Kobe the other time. And the Boston Red Sox broke the Babe Ruth curse with Tom Brady in Boston. And I know like it, this is just a winning culture for the whole city. They appeared four times and won them all four, 2004, 2007, 2013 and 2018. This is just this is the goat effect, man. I'm telling you, like people he brings a spotlight to the city that you can't deny. Like the city of Boston was kind of a kind of in, in shambles, I would say since probably like the 80s. You could look in many many ways uh when the Bruins are your best thing going that ain't really that great, dog. Mm-mm. So this is why I think he's the goat of goats, the winning culture that he's brought to the cities. Look at all the teams in Boston now. Look at, I mean, they're kind of all starting to starting to crumble a little bit. So good. Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially the Red Sox. Screw the Red Sox. Good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just a little hot take there. Just something to something to consider. Winning culture to the city, not only to his team. It's nice for Tampa to be recognized again for you know something. It's nice, other than other than crime. Yeah, pretty yes. much. There's yeah, it's, other than there's, Florida man. 
Yeah, there's there's <laughs> hey, no t- Tom Brady was Florida man for a couple days. You know, he uh he trained yeah. illegally on the beach, so they asked him to uh go away. And he went to the wrong house to go see Byron <laughs> Leftwich. He was like, Oh my bad, bro. I'm looking for 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 coach. Oh, he's next door. <laughs> so Kansas City has opened as a three and a half point favorite against Tampa Bay, by the way. Oh, I'm gonna so go ahead. A- I, I will I'm gonna go. I know my pick, but I ain't saying nothing until we get in that Ooh. conversation. We got we got a whole um we have to almost dedicate an episode to the Super Bowl because th- this this game is gonna be so in depth. There's gonna be so much more to um I like it. More to dive into. Yeah, we got to get it. We got to roll into our new, our next topic. We got seven seven minutes of fifty seconds. Listen, I went into this fully expecting that to be our only topic. So, uh, (laughs) okay, no, I mean, but we, I mean, we can roll into it. Let's let's talk about this for a second. So, (sighs) things have kind of hit the fan in Detroit. Um, I with a (laughs) questionable head coach hire who is talking about biting people's kneecaps off and just all kinds of weird. I don't know if you guys saw his introductory press conference. Yeah, I did. I saw it. I was like, okay, well, whatever. That's <laughs> if not going to fix the culture yeah. there, but okay. Yeah, they go, what are you going to do to fix this team? And he pretty much goes on a rant about biting kneecaps and spitting them out, getting knocked back down, biting a, the other kneecap. You'll knock us back down, and then we'll bite something else, and then we'll get back up. You're gonna have to hit us harder every time. He didn't. The, the something else was not uh, meant to be genitals, Nick. It I sound, saw your face. It, well, yeah, I mean, it's, basically, it sounds like, like a lot of losing. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Like I, he's not prepared to win. It was almost comparable to the uh, the the press conference with the coach who was like, "We got a bunch of cats. We need a bunch of dogs in here," kind of thing. You guys mm. remember that? Yeah, that was. Yeah. A, that was. It looks weird. like he's looking to be called a scrappy team in the NFL. Yeah, bro. I kind of want to know what you're going to do to fix the Lions. Yeah, because like, obviously this the city is depressing. This team sucks. The ownership is garbage. Uh, what are you going to do to fix this? Oh, by the way, we're not fixing anything, and our star quarterback wants to leave Matthew Stafford. Something that should have happened years ago, in my opinion. I agree. As, well, as soon as they let Calvin Johnson walk away, and they're the main reason he walked away, he should have walked away. He had a chance. It's I mean, it's it's really a, about eighty percent Stafford's fault. He could have left, but he. I mean, you see dollar signs, and mm. I mean, I don't even know if the city of Detroit has that much money that puts a hellhole <laughs> uh, between him and Miggy. Yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, you know, the Ford family owns the Lions, so they got more money than they know what to deal with. Yeah, they're Ford though, so just like the Lions, they're. I mean. They might it, do. They might be good every now and again, but at the end, they're not going to get that. Far. That team's been under recall for the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, best possible landing spot for Matthew Stafford, in y'all's opinion? Oh, it's it's got to be the Colts, right? It's got to be I mean, the Colts because he's gonna he's gonna have a top five offensive line, which he's never had in Detroit. He's going to have a top five, which I think we mentioned in the playoffs is pro- was probably the best defense in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever had a top 20 offensive line. <laughs> and he's going to have – oh, by the way, here's another one for you, Kyle. He's never had a running game. The last 1,000-yard rusher he had was Reggie Bush. Jesus, and that was like Bush's fourth team. Yeah, that's the last one that I, I Adrian Peterson didn't even crack the thousand yard mark, and I'm telling you that's that is crazy. He's never had that. He'll have receivers, 
If not, I'm sure you just got mentioned. Like, can I get a receiver? And they'll find one. They, they this is the pop. This is best of, the best possible scenario for him, and best possible situation for Indianapolis because you go from Philip Rivers, who was well, not bad, and you're no, gonna upgrade. You're gonna upgrade to someone who's got a way better arm in Matthew in Matthew Stafford. This I mean, great. we didn't even get to we didn't even get to see T.Y. Hilton actually be T.Y. Hilton because Philip Rivers couldn't get the ball down the field. Yeah, right. I mean, so and Philip his, Rivers played game. very well. Yeah, exactly. I have yeah. I have him down as the Colts also. I mean, it has to be the Colts. If the Colts don't do everything in their power to go and get them, get get him, I, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I um I mean, I guess we all three had the Colts. Um, they also just, can't just, go after Watson. Watson, they're not going to trade. Watson's not going to get traded to them. Yeah, no way. No, no way. Same division. No. Yeah. They, I mean, they they don't have anything. I mean, uh, so on for the sake of being different, because the absolutely perfect spot for him to go is the Colts. I mean, you guys are one hundred percent on the money. They have uh, three good running backs there, by the way: Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, and Jonathan Taylor, who is I'm I'm predicting here in the next like two three years will be the best running back in the NFL. Um, they obviously they have the best defense in the league. They have a great offensive line. They've got some good young receivers there. I do think they need to they need to get another receiver. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is coming up to the end of his uh, end of his career, and that's not just opinionated. He has said that um, on himself. So um, they do need to go get another receiver. I think Marcus Pittman's going to be good. But for the sake of being different, uh, Matthew Stafford's from Tampa. Played his college ball at Georgia. Um, Matthew Stafford's from Texas. I thought he was from Tampa. He well, he went to school with Clayton Kershaw in, te- in uh, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, he was born in Tampa. Okay, so he he may have he that just because he was born in Tampa, All right? Okay, so that's right because he was his catcher, right? He was Kershaw's catcher, which is yeah. interesting. Um, I, I kind of and listen, I, the bias here is good, but I know he's not going to want to come be a backup, but. Miami could use a nice little veteran, a nice veteran back there, just like Fitzpatrick to come down there and be our uh, be our closing pitcher. Because obviously we need one of those. Two is our uh, two like two is like Tanaka, bro. He can go like he can go like or Snell. He can go like six innings, get pulled out way too soon, and then our closer Matthew Stafford can come in and uh, just, get, just have Tua go to Detroit. Have a good day, Matthew Stafford. On one leg is better than Tua with <laughs> no, um, no doubt. No, that was a that was no a total uh, that was a total troll. By the way, I I actually think the <laughs> I, actually, I actually think uh, I actually think New York with the Jets will be a good spot for him to go uh, for a year because they're probably going to draft a rookie quarterback this year and it'll be a good time for them to kind of kind of just like Tua under Fitzpatrick they'll they'll have that guy to come in and learn from for a year or two. Stafford. Uh, Drafted, I think, in 09, so he doesn't have that long left in the league, and he's taking a beating, like you guys said, with the offensive line. So I, I think somewhere like the Jets would be a good spot for him to go. It kind of does seem like they like to get the old washed-up quarterback. Here's a, here's a, a wrench I'm going to throw here. we got a minute left. I'm a, let's, th- let's go dark horse picks. Here's my, my dark horse pick. The Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. I'd love him at the Patriots, to tell you the sure. truth. John Gruden loves veteran quarterbacks. I don't know what it is, but he just gets a good old stiffy when he sees one available for him. <laughs> but we're all in agreement. the The Colts is the Colts is the place. Yeah, I think this is an easy one. I think if the Colts go after Carson Wentz, they just <laughs> that's just a bad take. 
That's terrible. Not a lot of time here, so I'm gonna close it with this uh this last thing. Plus, you know, the Colts uh, the Colts are in a good position in a pretty quarterback loaded draft. They could draft a rookie quarterback just like I said with the Jets and the same situation, give them a nice person to learn from for a couple of years. All right, guys, I uh, appreciate you guys being on here. As always, thank you for listening. Like us, subscribe to us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will see you guys on Thursday for more great content. Until then, take it easy. Go Chiefs. Go Bucks. Go Chiefs. <laughs>